0: This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu. Welcome
1: to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim, Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Hello somebody, in today's episode, I get the opportunity to have a discussion with my sister girlfriend, the one and only Tamika D. Mallory about her new book, State of Emergency. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Many of you may know Tamika as an activist who is out and about speaking a truth to power and organizing with the disenfranchised and the dispossessed. She does stand up for the people. She's a trailblazing social justice leader, movement strategist, globally recognized civil rights activist, and co-founder of Until Freedom and the historic Women's March. She served as the youngest ever executive director of the National Action Network. Her speech in the wake of the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota, entitled State of Emergency, was dubbed the speech of a generation by ABC News. Put your seatbelt on, baby. We in for a ride.
2: started online they can't believe that charlamagne published a book that's supposed to be about racial justice with cardi b as part of the forward no but i love black women because black women was on saying, if you don't understand cardi b and angela davis together yes in a forward then i don't i don't want to be your friend because you supposed to understand that conversation. and You're supposed to know what that's all about. That's
1: exactly right. I mean, I, to me, that's just a great place for us to start. I, I started reading State of Emergency and I was just so enthralled by the intros by both Cardi B and Dr. Angela Davis and that how they were talking about you, but talking to each other. And when Cardi B asked the question, basically, is there space for me here?
2: Oh my God! Yeah, that's a special part of the book for me, and and of course, forwards don't usually work like that, right? There's not usually a conversation. It's not a typical and traditional model for a forward. It's usually one person, but um, I need to do things different, just like you, <laughs> yes. just like ever great Nina Turner. Um, I have to do things differently, and I ask them to understand my vision. And uh, I said, I have to start this book in a way that draws in Keisha from the street corner and somebody who may be sitting in the church or sitting in the suites or sitting in in an elected office. And I I said, you guys have got to get, let me have my creative vision to pull people in. And that's what that conversation was all about. And to be quite honest with you, if you really want to keep it a hundred, I am a mixture between Cardi B and Angela Davis all day long. I twerk and work. That's
1: my life. (laughs) Twerk and work, baby. (laughs) You're going to have to show me how to do some of that. I need more twerk in my life.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You do. You do. I, do. I do.
1: I need more <laughs> twerk in my life. It's funny because one of my spiritual advisors and she was talking about a session that she was in with a group of women. And one woman was talking about, you know, what do you do to kind of relieve stress? And there were three things she said. And I remember the last one because it was dance or just move your behind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so one of those, it was, it was go out among nature. You know, I think it was meditate, go out, to take in nature because it's something about trees and the wind and the water that puts you in a different mindset and I mean. move your behind. So there it is. Twerk. I'm gonna put twerk right there. It's
2: work and work. work and so and right work. my mama prior to a very, very serious stroke that she had last year. Yes. Uh, she was a dance instructor. Uh, for probably around seven different classes in her community she's a great line dancer she's got 80 90 million views on facebook on her line dancing videos i've been with her in like at essence music festival in new orleans where you know, people will be walking up to us and I'm getting ready for the picture and you know, getting ready for them to say, You hi, you know, Miss Mallory. And they say, Miss Mallory, yeah, yeah. They talking about my mother. <laughs> my <mom. laughs> They'll say, Were well, you the lady, the lady who does the dancing? And she's like, Oh, yes, yes, sure, that's me. that's me. Um, but her her joy definitely came from dancing. And I think that you know, she is partially paralyzed, but that's a, that was actually the beginning diagnosis. Now we're a year later and she's beginning to move. She's walking. She's trying to you know, push her way through. But I think that has been the most devastating part of the entire scenario because she's not able to dance as much as she used to. So I watch my dad now dancing for her Aww. and the power of that is just so beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's an excellent story. So we 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 dove right in. State of emergency. So a lot about this book really captured me. But I am big on quotes, as you know. T love quotes, love sayings that empower. And I got stuck in two places in your book. One was uh, your dedication.
3: Yeah,
1: and then the forward. So your dedication. <laughs> Why don't you read your dedication for us?
2: Uh-oh. Wow. Yes,
1: please.
2: This is to my love, to my heart, to my purpose, my son Tariq. I know the pain that my work has caused you. To be present for the world requires my absence in your life at times when I am most when I am needed most. Know that while my work takes me to places you can't follow, you are always with me. It is because of you, that I fight this fight to make the world better for you. I see your greatness. Thank you for being my son and my best friend.
1: Oh my God. So I have a son and I feel the same way about him. So that language and the way you weave that love in, and, you know, along with the mission, the assignment that God has you on, it just touched me so much. So why this dedication? Why those words?
2: So, you know, (laughs) i have done a real good job of taking care of other mothers and children um and being the one that folks can depend on to show up in the world uh for other families and i haven't always done a good job of taking care of my own um you know because of the fact that i move so much and i stay on the go my child has suffered and that's just the reality you know he Um, you know, will say to me sometimes that there were moments in his life when he just needed me to be still, to be present. And I was always moving. Thank God my parents have been co-parents with me. But his father was murdered when my son was two years old. He was uh, shot and and left in a ditch. He laid there for two weeks before anybody uh, discovered his body. And for my, you know, I, I guess when he was little at two, I didn't think that my child even understood or would ever know, you know, or understand what it is to lose his father because he was so little. Yeah. But as he's gotten older, uh, it, you know, somewhere around 15 or 16 years old, he started being in the dark on Father's Day, um, not wanting to go out, being agitated around his birthday, his birthday his birthday is March 26th, his father's March 23rd. So around that time, he, he'd be a little agitated. And I was trying to figure out like, is this just growing pains? But actually it's not because one day in the midst of a big blow up that he and I had, you know, the ones that parents and kids get into. Yes. He looked at me and he said, you know, you don't know what it's like. You have your own dad, you don't understand what it is that I go through. And I realized in that moment that my child, um, he was, he was, he had some issues. There was some holes, some serious holes, and I hadn't been sensitive enough to the fact that he needed me probably a little bit more than um, than than the average child that may have had his own dad, you know, to be there to balance things out. And so, when I was writing this book, I wanted to put it in his hands to let him know that. While I may not have been there um, and I, I wasn't just hanging out and having a good time, I've been working on something that you now have as a legacy for our family, for our last name. You know, you have something that you can claim and say, my mother may not have been home, but this is what she's been doing. Yes. Um, and so I dedicated this book to him. And he, uh, you know, hopefully one day he'll actually care because he's kind of like, uh-huh, got right. it. But, you know, he's like, mm, got it, the book. I know, the whole the book. Right. You know It's a I mama thing you. right now. He's like, I promise you, I know. But, you know, one of the things that I talk about in the book is that you can work on everyone else's situation but when it comes time for you to focus on your own that's where the real rubber meets the road and i use that as an example to say to people that before you talk about jumping in this movement to hit the streets to organize to do any of that you got to work on your own stuff and that's what we he and i have been doing since i turned 40. I am working on my relationship with my child, and that's what this book and that dedication is all about.
1: And it—it—I mean, it's, it's powerful, and anyone that reads it will definitely—I mean, it leaps the emotional connection, leaps from the pages, and, and I I—I and I just cannot wait. So today, right? Today is the day.
0: All right. So there we were cruising through the new open air zoo when I realized that. The park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful V.C. turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! (laughs) And outrun a few!
3: Drive the Nissan Rogue.
2: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.
3: Ask your doctor about iBrands and visit iBrands.com. iBrands may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
2: Today, you and I will be together together. Um, with uh, uh, my other brother, attorney Angelo Pinto, who is one of the co-founders of Until Freedom. We're going to be having a conversation on this tour. My book tour has been amazing. We've had a lot of folks to join us from Jeezy. Uh, You know, I told you I like my mix. I've had (laughs) had Jeezy. I've had Pastors. I've had Taraji P. Henson. Of course, Charlemagne. Um, This is the first book Published on the Black uh, Black Privilege Publishing Company, which is Charlemagne's, uh, his new venture. And his first book is my book. And that's something, I mean, I know you love Char the same way. Oh,
1: absolutely.
2: He is, he's incredible. And the fact that he, he could have, listen, his first book, there's so many people that passed through the doors of the Breakfast Club and other, uh, you know, areas of his life that he could have given this opportunity to but he gave it to me and it says a lot about who he is and 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 his commitment to the work so I'm really really excited people are reading it people are telling me they're loving it you know we're only nine days in I think but hey it's it's going well
1: it is and I'm excited too and back to Charlemagne. I mean, he really is. I mean, from the Black Effect Network of of both you and I have have shows on that network, the way he has uplifted women and uh, helped us on our platforms to be able to express truly who we are has been nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, the brother talks the talk, but he is walking the walk. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing right now his 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 sweatshirt creation, blessed black and highly favored every time you ask him how he's doing. He's going to say those words. Yes, definitely adore Charlemagne, and really excited about you and this message because we really are in a state of emergency. I'm going to come back to the book because I'm excited about the tour and you're doing this thing virtually. So yeah, you know what? Let me stay with the book for a minute, but I got some Tamika Mallory questions. (laughs) Like you, but what has it been like to host virtual tours in the midst of COVID and any advice you may have for authors who kind of are feeling like, I can't do this because it's COVID. I can't physically be in a bookstore because of COVID. Any tips?
2: So two things. One, we want it to be safe. Um, and we want to do that and make sure that we're not putting people in jeopardy, um, especially, Folks in our communities that we know are already um, vulnerable with this this uh, pandemic, and so that was one. And it was a tough decision because I like people. I, I like know to tell you folks. That's my thing. You know, I, I need to see people. I need to. I need um, what? What do we call it? Uh, a call and response. That,
1: amen. Yeah. Hello,
2: somebody. <laughs> exactly. I need some. Me too. That. You know, but, um, you know, the world has changed and we had to accept that. And now the tour is going well, folks want to see the content and I'm grateful. I can tell you this, the type of folks that we have on the tour, Tiffany Haddish and others would not have been able to do it probably if we were having to fly around. Sure. So the fact that we are able to do it virtually that much of the tour is sort of, it's, it's, it's broken up into states, but, you know, really it's just kind of like for the purpose of the, the bookstores to be able to say, you know, we're doing this, we're hosting this on behalf of Chicago and Alabama and different places like that. But it's a mixture of people from all over the country that have been participating and people are psyched. They want the information. This is a time when you have more people paying attention to the movement than we have probably in a very, very long time. And some folks say, well, you know, the the interest is dying down. Well, we know there will be stragglers that will fall off, but there are some who have stayed and we want to be here to be a tool um, and a support system so that those individuals who want to know and want information and they're, they're ready, that they have something that they can work with. Um, you know to be able to move forward and how they operate in the movement.
1: Yeah, no, that is absolutely beautiful. And so, really, the moral of the story is: where there's a will, there's a way.
2: You can do it. And I and I say this now in June, late June. I'm going to be going to black churches all over uh, the country, and I'm going to absolutely 100% be doing book signings out on, on street corners in parks. Because I know I know where my people are, and I know they need this information. And I've already had a few anti-violence groups from around the country hit me up and say, "I'm buying 50 books. I need you to come sign these out on the street, right on the on the on the corner of you know Sutton Boulevard in Queens." And I will be there. Trust me.
1: And wrapping that into activism in all of its forms, and what motivates you to be. An activist in this moment? And are there activists, generations gone by, who motivate and inform your activism today?
2: Well, you know, one, first of all, I'm motivated by you. I'm motivated by our soon to be Congresswoman, um, who is, who really, to me, you are, pers- are, are the personification of a strong, powerful Black woman. Who's unapologetic. And that for me and and, and unapologetically for black people. And that's a that that matters. Not to say that I don't see and admire your care for every community, but I know that your special love and fight and passion for Black people in this nation is something that you are uh, unbought and unbossed as. Uh, uh, Shirley Chisholm would say. And that for me...
1: Hello, somebody.
2: Right? And that for me is motivation enough. But I will also say that Ella Baker is one of my heroes in this work. And I, I choose her because Ella Baker was the person behind the scenes as Dr. King moved about and had the eyes of the nation but she was there doing the work to make the movement attractive. And she was pushing for a model that I believe we are in in this moment that we're actually realizing. Yes. The one that is of a leader full movement where you have many voices and many people at the table who are strong. When, I, when you think about Until Freedom, my organization, Um, You know, there are four co-chairs, you know, my sister Linda Sarsour, a Palestinian Muslim woman from Brooklyn, as I mentioned, uh, my brother will be with us tonight, Um, Attorney Angelo Pinto, uh, who, you know, Angelo, yes, he did, he absolutely grew up in the streets, grew up in the community, but he had opportunities and now he is an attorney and is one of the people um, responsible for changing the law in New York State where 16 and 17 year olds cannot be prosecuted as adults for nonviolent offenses and um, will not spend any time in adult prisons, which is where uh, the Central Park Five, now the exonerated five, uh, where Corey Wise, he spent time in the, the adult prison, which is where he was assaulted and brutalized. Um, And we now see the story and how it plays out for Corey Wise, someone who is still dealing with the mental trauma of what he went through while being housed with adults for a crime that they did not even commit. And so Angelo is one who helped to change that law. And then you have my son, Lennon, um, who, who is my partner people you see me working with him all the time he and I have a show on uh, the black effect Network called Street politicians which um, I
1: love and, by the way let me interject
2: thank you very much and he um, you know did seven years in prison for a crime he didn't commit but nonetheless he'll tell you that hey I was out there though so you know you get caught up when you're near the fire and um, you know he, he came home he's an artist. Um, and he decided that, you know, while some people would be frustrated that they can't get back to, because just so you know, Nina, I don't know if you know this, this story, but my son had a million dollar record deal, which is a lot of money. Uh, I guess it was 15 years ago, right? Yes. Okay. So he was signed to violator records through Def Chan. uh, Chris Lighty and Mona Scott um, they had him at the label, but he was wrongfully identified in a lineup where a cab driver was robbed. And when he went to court, he was one of those people. They say innocent people are very hard to defend because he refused to take a deal believing that he, they wanted to give him one to two years. And he was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. So yeah. he went with his trial using a lawyer that was not a paid attorney and the next thing you know, he was sentenced to seven years. By the time he came home, he lost his career. Now, I gave, I gave you all of that to say it's a colorful bunch. <laughs> it's a colorful bunch of people. Lived experiences, though. They have the lived experience. And the true Ella Baker model, you would have those that type of group to come together, of course, with me. So that we lead from different perspectives, we have different lived experiences, and we provide entry points for other people to meet us and become a part of the movement because they can see themselves. They're, they understand I may not be a lawyer, but hey, I might have um, a, you know, a federal offense on me. I might have a felony, or I may be more like Tamika, or you know what, I'm a brown person who, uh, who sees Linda. So that's what we're trying to build here. And I would say Ella Baker is one of those individuals who has encouraged and inspired us to operate in the ways in which we do.
1: Yeah, and I love how you, because it's, it's a tapestry that you're talking about, of human experience, and all are welcome. Yes. you know reminded me of black church come if you will all are welcome come as you are you know when you get that altar call in That's the black right. church come <laughs> as you are the tapestry how about activism and social media hmm.
0: you know a spot but not just a spot the spot actually with the 2023 Nissan Frontier you know a bunch of them
3: Eyebrants may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. IBRANS may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death.
1: You know, there are some blessings and curses to social media.
2: Yes, Lord.
1: You have been targeted at times, have felt the brunt and the pain. And I certainly understand that pain, too. On the other side of that is that social media can be used for incredibly, uh, it's a credibly good tool to spread good cheer and love and direction and to connect with people. But on the other side of that, social media can be used to really hurt people, too.
2: Absolutely. It was, I don't know the artist, but uh, No Pain, No Gain. Uh, that's, that's you know, that was one of my mama's favorite yes. songs. Honey. <laughs> and I think that's what social media is. You can gain followers, friends, support, um, awareness for your causes, and even engagement from people. But there's also going to be some pain on the other side, because there are folks, and I, and I, I talk about this all the time. I was just Um, talking to a a young brother on his live the other night on one an internet show, and I was telling him, I said, you know, we have to be real careful how we attack, approach, critique one another in these public spaces, because the enemy, the oppressor, or those who want us to be oppressed, they're watching, and they take the words we're using and turn it into messaging and then troll us because they've got the resources to blitz the internet with messaging that looks like it's from us, that looks like it is actually um, originated in our communities. And yes, I'm just, you know, at the root, there may be some people who feel that way, but they can make you feel like the entire black community is upset with you about one thing they can, they can do you in. And it's and they have great resources to do it, and also we know that they study. And, and and I and I give people the example because you know some folks look at you and they say, "Oh, you trying to instead of you just accepting that you know you wrong or they don't like you, you want to make it about trolling." Well, let's let's give an example. In two thousand and sixteen, when uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were running against one another, and we had some righteous concerns about Hillary, you know, we know. Trust me, is it? ooh we. <laughs> so we have righteous concerns. But we all knew that we weren't going to vote for Donald Trump. That's exactly right. The tool that was used, and there's been studies, this is not Tamika making it up, there are studies that shows that there were Black Lives Matter profiles that uh, were out basically trolling people, telling folks not to vote. They were using the talking points of mostly black men who said, no, you know, we your husband was responsible for us being locked up. Right. With the with the with the crime bill um, and the Rockefeller drug laws that were upheld over and over again. You called the super predators. And then, you know, because I don't believe in this idea of Let's hold a woman responsible for a man's words or actions, even if it is their husband. Come on. But people had the question. They said, well, what have you done to reverse the pain that has been caused? Right. So I understood it. I, I heard that. I, I understood. And, and I had to talk folks through constantly. I hear what you're saying but look at the existential threat that we're up against. And we wanna get to a point where we do not have to make those types of decisions where we can look at someone and choose them um, and feel comfortable, but that wasn't where we were at that moment. That's right. They use social media to amplify the discussion that was happening. And the next thing you know, you would have thought that all black men had intended not to vote for Hillary Clinton. And we know that that was not the case. And there are, like I said, actual studies that shows that all of these profiles, because most people don't click them to see that there's only one follower, no followers. They don't do that. That's
1: right. Yeah. It was bots. I mean.
2: That's what it's called, bots. Yeah,
1: it it was the bots. And you're absolutely right. Because when you look at the Black community on, on par, yes, Black women turn out. But when you the collectiveness of the Black community itself votes 90%. for the Democrat and black men are not that far behind black women overall so you're absolutely right how they took and all of those things that you named T can be true at the same time that people can ask those questions and really mean like sincerely they want to know the answer but then also somebody takes that and then they manipulate it I think it was Minister Malcolm X and he was talking about media at his time this is the 20th century oh my god I quite wonder what he would say about social media but he talked about how the media media can make you love whom they will and hate whom they will and you're talking about that from a 21st century lens on how manipulation and exploitation can happen and if we're not careful to guard our messages guard our minds and our hearts and even when we disagree with people not to not to allow it to devolve into you know I'm going to hate you forever and and all and everything that you love I'm coming for that sometimes social media that mood, that atmosphere can just just take off just like that. And, and that's what happens. And so it is really hard. So for you, Tamika Mallory, the blessings and the curse, as we, I cannot wait for us to get together tonight and, yeah. and, and get with other folks to talk about your book, The State of Emergency and, and how we can win together, because that is part of it too. Let's talk about that. That you lay out the critique. You lay out what the challenges are. And you talk about how we can win together and people need to know that there is balance in the universe. We must lay out what the problems are and then also talk about the solutions. And you do that so well in your book. So, again, I can't wait for our conversation tonight Uh, as we you know, we're we're doing that. We're priming the pump for tonight. You being a black woman leader. In the 21st century, and you talked about people like Ella Baker, who did so much work, and sometimes she's often forgotten. In that work, she led, she brought young people together. She said, "We don't need just one leader. We're we are the leaders." That model, and you know the Fannie Lou Hamers and the Daisy Bates. We can name so many of our sheroes who are not often as quoted as, you know, our, our the, the men, heroes. They did their thing too. Women were right there by, the, by their side. History. And we're trying to create a new type of way that you tell the story. But in the 21st century, and you are walking in the footsteps of so many of our sheroes whose names we know and names we do not know. What gives you great joy about the assignment that I believe God has put you on? And then what keeps you up at night about this assignment?
2: Well, you know, I'll start with what keeps me up at night. Um, It really is that there's a long road to travel on. And I think that sometimes we hear Dr. King crying out, if you will, saying, I may not get there with you but we shall get to the promised land. And we, and we, we kind of, it just feels good. It's like a good song. We like, yeah, he said that thing, you know, but I feel that, you know, that I may not make it to see all of what I have been working towards in my lifetime. Um, I may not be uh, here to enjoy the fruits of my labor, but I'm really doing this for my son and my grandchildren one day, and he's he 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 acts like he ain't gonna have no children anytime soon, but that's not his thing, but one day he may um and and his children right his his children's children um and and I recognize that I'm probably going to have to live a lifetime of struggle, and that does keep me up at night it It does make you feel like what is the one thing I could do that could just if I could sacrifice myself. Can, how can I do it where it would make an impact yes and where it would change us some of our conditions overnight you know you, you think about that you, you think to yourself especially as you said that social media thing you see so many people crying out hurting, lashing out saying this doesn't mean anything you know you all ain't doing nothing it's not and and, and, and you want to get upset and say, you know how dare you come at me? But when you sit with it and think about what they're saying, these are a lot of people who are stuck and trapped in the same uh, conditions that we're talking about and feeling like nothing is changing. But they keep seeing us, you know, out there talking about March again, protest again, donate to a thing, yes. go to a place, sign up for the they, they, they're tired They are, They feel really tired and they feel hopeless. And that definitely keeps me up at night. But where there is a sense of pride for me, um, and and, and I know that you will feel this, is these young people that are out here, wow. I mean, I see it right in them. I know that I, I can see where a leader of our past looked at the young folks coming and said, they got it. They're gonna take it to the next level. Because when I think about Mary Pat Hector in, 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 um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, when I think about Reverend Stephen Green, um, one of my, my young um, pastors who was a, a, a freedom fighter, and I'm not even gonna get myself in trouble naming them all yes. because there's so many that I see. I'm watching Tiffany Lofton, who was just recently the uh, the national director of the youth and college division of the NAACP. There's so many of them that are doing amazing, amazing things. And their level of courage is different. It's different. The way they speak, the way they walk, um, they're the ones that we're waiting for, for real, because they're walking into rooms talking about race without fear. They're, you know, they're, (laughs) they're they're having discussions, whereas, you know, we may go into a room You know, and 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 try to 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 make sure people's feelings. Finesse it. We're gonna finesse
1: it a little (laughs) bit. Yeah, we wanna (laughs) finesse it a little bit. They
2: don't have those kind of conversations, and in fact, they're in relationship to other young people from all different races and backgrounds who also just say straight up and down, racism is wrong. You know, call it out, whatever it is. They, They 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 are part of a new generation of younger people who are no longer, ha- they're not half-stepping. That doesn't mean that we we are. It just means that there is there is always new courage and new energy that comes with every generation. And I'm super proud because I can't imagine when I'm 80 years old and these young folks are 50, what they would have accomplished at, th- at that point.
1: Yeah, hello, somebody on that. Well, the one and only Tamika Mallory, I can't wait for tonight. Uh, joining our, our other sisters and brothers on this journey with you to talk about the state of emergency. How can people find out where you are and what you're doing?
2: So the first part of the tour is going until May 27th. And folks can go to TamikaDMallory.com to get more information and to buy tickets. You can still purchase a ticket for tonight if you want to be a part of the great conversation um, that our Congresswoman, Congresswoman Nina Turner, will be a part of. So thanks again so much for the support for State of Emergency. And I'll see you later on this evening.
1: Uh, Looking forward to it. Hello, somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh shit! Let me start this over.
0: AT and T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.